We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. Eight days a week. <laughs> all right, guys, we are here with the Fab Four is it book tag or just tag? Oh, totally unprepared. Created by Tom uh, at LA Books, who is, ooh, let's say second place for Beard, right? We can't say first, right? Nobody beats Noah, right? Like nobody beats Noah. Yeah, nobody beats yeah. Noah's Beard. Yeah, no. Noah's number one Beard. But Tom, top-notch Beard and top-notch sophistication. If you guys out there have ever considered reading The Divine Comedy, you would be remiss and a fool not to go to Tom's channel as he is going canto by canto, breaking it down, his Italian background, reading it. It's just, it's magnificent. One day, well, we'll get to that. I told Tom that we're going to use his his videos as guides and we'll see what happens. But, but absolutely fantastic YouTuber. You guys have to go check him out. This is his tag and we're doing it today. We're the Fab Two. The Fab <laughs> Two doing the Fab Four tag. I want to hold your hand. No, that is not number one. Number one is I just fell out of bed, found out oh. what key I had dreamed in, and I played it. Paul McCartney, about yesterday. A book that you dreamed about or that inspired one of your dreams. I'm going to use my uh, cheat card on the very first one here. <laughs> Of course, I, of course. I'm going to amend it and say a comic book that I read that inspired. I didn't, I, and I thought like dreams, like literal dreams, not like my metaphorical dreams. Mm -hmm. So maybe I took it too literal. And I thought, oh, when I you know was a kid, I would read Superman comics and I mm -hmm. would be able to fly in my dreams. And it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, but well, do we do you consider comic books or graphic novels? Are those not? books you know what i mean like there, there's that great debate of like audiobooks like oh those, are those real books are those reading right like there, there's that pseudo debate if you will are graphic novels and comics not books of some sort i believe they are I, again if if one of my students is reading a comic book or a graphic novel good on them they're feeding their brain i don't think that it is something that has to be like shunned in in my personal opinion but uh i don't know some people get a little bit you know about it and i just think that that was kind of a cop-out but i i do remember reading um the vampire earth series by ee e. knight a long time ago back like in my early 20s and when vampires were all the thing and i didn't want to read like twilight and stuff so i read those ones and i remember having like vampire dreams again i took this literal so i don't know if this was supposed to be a book that inspired you to like be a teacher <laughs> or pursue your dreams of being an actor or a singer or something that's probably what it was and i'm like i don't know i'm i'm, I'm an idiot <laughs> i um i remember the first time you told me that story because i was like what night and you're like e and i'm like e you're like, ee, and I'm like, ee, ee. 
I just think I think of a dolphin when I hear that author name. I don't know what you want to talk about. Someone being wrong in the head. That's got to be me thinking dolphin sounds when you describe that author. Every time. Do you know Snowflake? Do you know him? <laughs> Do you talk to him? Does he call you late at night? Uh, did you? How did you? Did you? How did you take this one? I don't have dreams. Did you think it meant? I, t- I, t- I took it as like dreams, like at night, and I don't ever dream okay. anymore. I'm kind of sad like that. I gave up on my Aww. dreams a long time ago. You know how it is. <laughs> Well, I went a dark place, audience. Okay. Uh, leave heart emojis read, for Una down below, please, in the comments. Tell me you love him. literature. I don't have time for dreams. <laughs> uh, All right. Number uh, two, Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds. John Lennon, a book that talks about drugs or that was written under the influence of drugs. I got a great one for this one, and he always has to be mentioned every single time. Can we do it? Can we do it at the same time? I want. I want to know if we do. If we did pick the same one, on the count of three, let's say the author's name. You ready? One author's name. Okay. On the count of three. One. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah. three. Stephen, Stephen King. King. Yes. <laughs> oh, too perfect. Too perfect. Okay, now what book did you pick? All right, on the count of three. You ready? One, yeah. two, one, two, three. Three. Drawing. Tommy three. Knockers. Uh, oh, we're off. This we're not we're in sync off. tonight. We crossed the streams. Aww. Stay puff marshmallow, <laughs> man, man. <laughs> no, I I picked the Tommy Knockers because he's gone on record in interviews saying that it's like one of his worst books. He hates it, and he attributes that to not only is the book all about being um an alcoholic, but being you know abusing substances, and he just he actually hates that book and. He says it was because he was abusing substances at the time. So there's a lot of books like you can use that for for Stephen King too. At that, like I think Cujo is the one he claims he doesn't even remember writing. <laughs> wow. I, I would have. Wow. Uh, so I said the drawing of three because I thought it was very meta too. Because he even talks about addiction with Eddie, and you know makes several references to the multiple personalities of being sober versus being on drugs. I don't know. I thought I thought it was a good one. All right, number three, we thought we'd be really big in Liverpool, Ringo Starr. A book about someone who had far more success than what they expected, or a book that was much more successful than what the author had expected. I'm going to go a cop-out one here, but I truly believe wait, there's wait, wait. no Are you way. Are you cheating? You're cheating again, No, no, you? no, no. No, I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating. I have a legit answer. I'm just going with a very easy answer. There's no way that J.K. Rowling could have anticipated that Harry Potter would have become like the most sold book next to the Bible and make her a billionaire, have eight successful, seven successful movies, have a theme park. Uh, there, there's no way she could have imagined that her little Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone could have turned into what it is today. I mean, and wands and people dress up and cosplay and the whole theme park and all of it. There's just, there's no way that she could have known that. I mean, maybe I, no author knows the the grandeur of their success until it happens, but Harry Potter is a cultural phenomenon, something to the tune of like Star Wars. I put uh, every self-deprecating artist that ever existed because every artist hates their work <laughs> after they're done. True. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to That's pick one pretty... specific, if you want to put one specific, you could put Clarice Lispector because in her biography, Ben Moser talks about how she despised every work after she completed it, more or less. Generalization. It's a good one. That's a good one. 
All right, sitting on a cornflake, waiting for the van to come, John Lennon, a surreal book or a book with some surreal elements that you enjoyed. Isn't, oh, you're saying, okay, because a book could have some surreal elements but not be classified surreal. I was going to say, doesn't every surreal book have elements of surreal, but it's it's the other way around. All right, what's your selection? <laughs> this has got to be the most surreal book I've ever read, and I did enjoy it, and it blew my mind was Kafka on the Shore. Uh, I knew you were going to put that. I knew you were going to put that. Yeah. You know, uh, I saw uh, Jack, our buddy Jack, did that one, the one we did the buddy read with. And he's like, I can't select that one because I didn't like it. And what's interesting about that is this goes back to our our discussion about are you a peak or valley raider? Because there's some parts of that book that can be very cringe, right? Yes. The way he treats some women, the way he writes the sexual scenes. And I can see where Jack was excited, like in our discussions, and I can see where he is on those scenes. And you can see how the valleys are bringing him down as a raider. You know what I mean? Like, the, the are, are you a peak or valley raider where your, your valley is where you rate it for your first your peak? You could see how he kind of brought it down. I knew you were going to say that one, even though there are some moments in that book. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I 100% know that there were some major valleys in there, but I'm such a peak reader, and I know that about myself, and that's one yeah. of the big things that I've learned yeah. about myself from this channel and discussing books and literature is that I do go a little bit overboard on jumping on and loving something because of the highlights of a book uh, and, and many things in my life, not just not just literature and books and short stories. But I think that I think the good outweighs the bad in that one in that case. And it is very surreal. And I did enjoy enough of it to where it was something that hurt my brain a little bit, but I enjoyed that hurt. You heard it here, Jack. Come fight crypto. At the Codex game. No, no, don't fight. Initiated. No, I'm no just kidding. Fighting. Teachers don't no fight. No fighting. Teachers don't <laughs> fight. They passive aggressively pass notes to each other. Okay. Anyways, the White this Album, a book you loved that A has a minimalist cover or B is written with minimalist style. I went with minimalist cover. What did you go with? Oh, I had to select them. I put every every man's library book ever because all their covers are the exact same, just a different color. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just encyclopedia botanica yeah well it's you start talking i'm gonna grab a book okay well with this one i went with minimalist cover and the original 1984 um the book basically just has 1984 and that's it on the cover uh it's on there twice but it's very very simple and you have no idea that just those four numbers is going to be one of the greatest books ever written. Uh, you, you don't expect Orwell is going to have something so deep and philosophical and culturally relevant, even to this very day, with just 1984. Like, it could be about anything. And it is, there's, there's so much meat and bones, and I can't wait till we get to do that one on the channel. All right, so I grabbed my Everyman Libraries, a couple books here. So you'll see they're just empty books. There's, there's literally nothing on them. Except some older ones, like I have, I grabbed this one too just for variety. This is the uh, Temple of the Golden Pavilion by Yukio Mishima. This is one of the older ones that has like the gold foil. I, if I recall correctly, there's like a time where they stopped doing that, if I understand correctly. Correct me if I'm wrong down below. But nowadays, everything's just this. I mean, how much more plain can you get than this? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty plain. <laughs> well, the White Album, you could get more plain than that. Yeah. yeah. Just white. <laughs> All right, little darling, it's been a long, cold, lonely winter. Here comes the sun, George Harrison, a book of poetry that you found uplifting. Uh, are we using our lifeline to skip this one? <laughs> yeah, we probably have to. You know, 
I, I thought about it, and I, I've been pondering this of the only time I read really poetry is a few times when you have forced me and when teachers forced me in school. <laughs> and and I, I think one of the reasons, and I've really been racking my brain about this, was I remember trying to write poetry in middle school. I had a crush. I tried writing poetry to her, and it failed miserably. And I think that is my issue of why I got hung up on poetry was I tried my hand. I dabbled a little bit as, you know, an 11-year-old crypto, and I got shunned by a girl. And I think that I've been bitter ever since. So It's kind of no. a cute story. It's a cute story, but I mean, I'm sorry you got, you know, your heart crushed, but at least it made me feel better. And I thought that sounded good. <laughs> I met my soulmate, so it's okay. <laughs> a day in the life. We are on question seven, an experimental book that ha that's very uncommon for its content or format, yet works well. I picked another kind of like cheat answer. I went with The Reavers by Faulkner. For me, this was very uncommon writing style. I was not used to this. You held my hand the whole way. You were very, very patient with me. But at the end, I was a better reader. I was a better literary everything because of that book. And that really, I think, was the one that broke isn't the right word, but like, you know, like you break a horse or, you know, you, you break your dog, you know, of peeing in the house or something. That one, mm -hmm. I think, finally got me through the hurdle of truly understanding author's purpose and literature and, and analyzing. And, and that was the book that did it. Good. So, and I think it was because it's so uniquely written. And so funny, too. That book is hysterical. It's still one of the funniest books oh. I've ever read, The Reavers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and on top of that, that was the book that you convinced me that it's okay to laugh at myself and laugh at the books because the only one I ever did was the one that I talked about, the Origami Yoda. And that book really opened up, and I feel like I gave myself permission to laugh at stories and books now. Good, good. And that's the most important part. You know, I've, got, I've experienced a lot of buddy reads over time. And something I've noticed is some people have like, I don't know what my, I don't, I don't know what I look like, like on this podcast on booktube. Like I know who I am as a person. My wife knows who I am, but I know what, what people think I am is not really who I am. Like there's always like, whenever I do a buddy read, there's always like this apology where people think like, I'm worried about how close someone reads. Like it, literature is about exploring yourself. And I think people just like you said, need to be given permission that there's, there's not a test. There's not a answer key out there. Like it's actually when I see like, like, like most interactions are fine. I don't, I don't mean to make this sound like I'm targeting someone, but you will have some people. Some might be students. Some might be teachers. I won't say who, but they'll be like, um, you missed this point. Oh, but that doesn't mean I was going for that point. Right? Like, I'll use an example. Pay was go, uh, used in one of his videos. He talks about going to the refrigerator where you're looking for something specific. Let's say you're looking for milk. You open the refrigerator, you grab the milk, you close the refrigerator, you go back. Wife says, hey, uh, did, how many eggs did we have left? I don't know. I wasn't looking for the eggs, right? That's the same thing with literature, right? There's going to be a lot of things in the in the refrigerator door when you open them. You can only look for so many things at a time, and only so many things will resonate with you as a reader, too. So I think that's something that a lesson that everybody can learn. Um, my Why answer, do we have all the sauces? <laughs> get the man some milk. What, what did, you <laughs> did you say get the man milk? No, I said get the man milk. 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 No, I'm sorry. Any, if Mac. anyone knows what I'm referencing there, <laughs> comment down oh, below. Oh, Lord. 
I'm going to make a quick shout out to Pale Fire, which is actually kind of a recent read for me as well. When you open this, there's a foreword. But all of this is written by Vladimir Nabokov. And what's interesting is the foreword is this fake copy editor. And he tells you the story about how he became the editor for this book. It's this author that passed away. Well, I say book, but it's a poem. So there's about, you know, 13 pages pause, of this forward. I, I'm not recording audio. This whole time? I don't think. This I, whole time? Yeah. Oh, it's recording. Okay. Thank God. Oh, okay. Whew. Whew. Yeah, I, I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. So there's 12, 13 pages of Nabokov writing as this fake editor that's come to become the editor for this famous author's poem, right? And then there's, you know, maybe 30, 40 pages of poem from the, again, a fictitious author that has recently died. And then you get to like 200 pages of commentary from the editor who's explaining the poem to you. And it's all stuff that just doesn't line off, a very unreliable situation where from page one, there's like, hey, that doesn't, that doesn't line up. Like, what do you mean? Like, that, that, <laughs> math, that math doesn't work. So the whole time you're almost kind of playing detective of like, what's going on here? Like, what's this editor's interest in this writer? Why, why, why did this writer give, you know, the sole rights to edit this work to this editor? So it's a very interesting combination of a fake forward, a fake poem, a fake analysis and a fake <laughs> index fake book you're fake yeah. everything <laughs> like like how how much more interesting of like a crazy structure can you set up for a book that is really interesting to me i like it i'm excited to see your videos on it all right number eight over half of americans who are 45 or older are you 45 yet? You're getting close, right? You're close. You're not there yet, but you're getting close. Not there yet. Not yeah, there yet. You're real close, man. All right. <laughs> 45 or, or and older attribute the Beatles split, uh, split to Yoko Ono. A book about a woman, or if you can't think of one, a man <laughs> who is unjustly blamed or accused of something. So what do you got for this one? What do you got? What do you got? I was gonna use. You know how you always have to cheat on one question every tag. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I have to. I yeah. have to bring. I have to bring this woman up every tag. Do you know who it is? Tell me. You know who it is. You know who I'm bringing up, don't you? Didn't you already bring up Clarice? Anita. Anita from oh. Player Piano. How dare you do okay. her dirty? You just didn't understand Anita. You. You hated yeah. her. Yeah. And I never. I never but get forgiven. The book's for that. not really about her. <laughs> I know. I know. Um. Well, you okay. could do. You could do. Um. The short story, um, Dry September. All right, moving on. Well, you could technically probably say any romance novel ever where two people bicker. All right, number nine, Limitless Undying Love, where shines around me like a million suns and calls me on and on across the universe, John Lennon. A book that opened your mind and made you think of the universe in a new way, either physically or spiritually. Slaughterhouse Five, Kurt Vonnegut. Done. What it make? What, what it make you uh, think question. about? What it make you? Th- what you make you think of differently? Everything, life, death, yeah. time, religion. What is the point of it all? Is there a point? Do you need a point? What if you don't have a point? Is there a point? Yeah. Is it possible to come to a point? And a little absurdism in there too. Um, I put my third grade science book. I, I'm guessing that probably wasn't a good answer. I don't know. Your Mother third grade ma- science book. Yeah, man. Don't you, you remember? Said? Don't you remember learning about science for the first time? You're like, whoa. 
oh, outer space. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than just okay. the Earth. That's amazing. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, all right. No, just okay. me. Only I thought school was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody's watching this is a nerd. They love dude, us. They love or they love school. You're a teacher. You're supposed to be supportive of like, yeah, dude, be get excited about school. I've been in school since I've been five on one side of the aisle or the other. I never yeah, that's left. True. That's true. <laughs> the eternal, the eternal educator. All right. Number 10, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom. Let it be Paul McCartney, a book that let you found be, very powerful and be, moving despite it its apparent simplicity. The giving tree. <laughs> you always go to that one. What are, we doing, what are we doing that one on this channel? Because you love that one. <laughs> okay. The places we will go. The places you will go. Or something. What is it? By Dr. Seuss. All right. I did um, Snow Country by Yasunari Kawabata or Kawabata Yasunari, depending on how you want to do it. Um, I think that was one where the title, the covers, there's almost nothing there. And then even inside, there's almost nothing there. <laughs> Oh. oh, that was harsh. That was harsh. I, it's not meant to be emotional a damage. It's kind of like when we get on here and we're like, "What was this book about?" It's about nothing. <laughs> like, Ouch. um, what was Ouch. that book that we did? The Clarice Lispector's, um, Aqua Viva. Nothing happens. Oh. There's not. There's nothing in that book. It's beautiful. I love it. I, I would definitely recommend it. I'm going to read it again. There's nothing in it. <laughs> it's, it's just weird. True. That would have been a good answer too. Yeah, Aquaviva. All right, so let's tag some people. We don't always tag, but let's tag. I have two ladies I have in mind. I have Jen from Remembered Reads, who is one of the first people to have ever commented on our channel. I think she was one of the first people to comment on our um, booktube newbie tag. And I've she's always got really good books, and she's really smart. She'll sometimes show up in comments, and her comment is sometimes better than the person's video itself. Very, very smart lady. And then we will also go with another intelligent uh, person, Greener Side of Sam, who's also incredibly intelligent. She just recently did the Philosophy of Reading tag where she impersonated another booktuber. It was amazing, and you guys have to go check it out. So I will tag those two ladies to consider doing this tag. If not, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. My name has been Una. I don't think we did the introductions, you know. Doing things out of order here. It's kind of what we do. Appreciate you spending some time today. Hit that subscribe button. <laughs> Own out. I'm Crypto. Peace. <laughs>